Thanks, Sarah. Great to be here. Hello, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening in and hopefully uh, help you understand that there is some new and exciting technology out there now and how that can help you uh, capture and analyze tasks so that we can then understand where the risks lie within hazardous manual handling or physical jobs. And that will then hopefully give you objective, reliable, accurate information to then add your variables, add your risk controls, and then reassess. We can't manage things unless we assess. So we need to assess, 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 and that will then help you put in better risk controls, understand the risks that lie within a job. And that's what this technology will hopefully help you achieve. Um, there's a flyer, so I'll just share my screen now. And there's just this flyer that I want to show you. That's on the screen, okay? Yeah, that's we can see your um, your slide. Yeah. Okay, so there's, it's really this is what we're going to do today, basically. So the first thing is using an iPhone or an iPad. Uh, I I always recommend that you have two devices in case one crashes. So um, uh, you can record the or do the assessment because the sensors will talk. You download an app, that's the first thing, the Joint Action Solutions app from the App Store. It's only on the Apple platform. And obviously, if you download it to your iPad and your iPhone, uh, you've got those both there if you need them. <clears throat> Most organizations, it's pretty easy to do it on the iPad, but in those awkward smaller spaces or hot days or anything where you've got to carry something for quite a while, uh, the iPhone's pretty easy. If you're really into good images, naturally the camera is better on an iPad phone than an iPad, but the new ones are pretty good. We, we're using the new fancy iPad and it's pretty good. So that's the first thing it will do is download the uh, app and then you will create a task in the left-hand side. And we're gonna do all this together. And then you will add an assessment within that task. What you're then trying to do is post-assessment is add the variables. And we're gonna do that as well today. Now, what does that mean? We call it adding extra information. So you may film a task of say five minutes, but the job actually goes for 12 minutes. That job, so you'll put that in as 12 minutes. You'll, you may also then repeat that job 20 times a day, 30 times a day, or whatever it is, you will put that in. You will then ask the perception of load and the perception of load is individualized. So that is, is to that person doing that job, find that light, medium, heavy, or very heavy. You then put that in, and then you can chat to the person being assessed. Uh, did you find, how often do you think your hands are on the object when you're doing that moving, lifting, pulling uh, job? So what you're then trying to do is then put all that information in and then you can add more detailed information. What that will do is then make that assessment more accurate. That's trying to make it more sensitive. It's a bit like when we examine a knee joint as I'm a physio, the more tests we can do, uh, the more questions we can ask, the more sensitive and accurate our assessment will be. If we rely on one thing, it doesn't work. So we need a, a multiple and more sensitive so we can fine grain that assessment. So then it becomes more accurate. Once you've added your variables, you can then do an analysis or analyze. What that means is there and then you are getting the contributing factors to that risk score. So in that little grab there, you can see that the risk score is 199, but 190 of that is from the low back. It'll then tell you what movements of the low back contribute to that 190. So it'll tell you with respect to your back, your shoulders, 
and your neck, where, uh, what are the risk scores for each of those regions as we wear five sensors, and we'll do all that today. So one at the head, one in the upper back, two above the elbows and one on the low back. They're all held with various straps depending on the industry that you're in. Um, so at the abattoir, we tend to use high-vis. Uh, they're easily washed, so that's important, and not neoprene. Um, so in mining, we tend to use the neoprene ones because they're doing a heap of movement, lifting heavy objects, um, as they are in, 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 the, in the meat industry. Um, but it's just sort of horses for courses. So there's different straps for different industries. Once you've got that analysis, you can then try and think, well, hang on, why don't we try and put this in place? Or why don't we do this? It's instantly getting people thinking and evaluating, how could we do this job better? Is there a different way? And what are the options when we do this job? So it's just getting worker and assessor chatting. It's amazing how often uh, the work health and safety team often only get involved once a near miss has occurred or an event. It's not, so it's not proactive. It's not, we're often still doing things reactively. So we're responding to potential things. We're trying to get you to create a whole task library. That also then helps with you understanding where the risks lie within jobs. That also then means you can really have a nice structured return to work. So you can say that these jobs load the low back. They're the last jobs you return to. These jobs challenge the neck and shoulder. They've got a low back problem. Well, they're the jobs that, we will, that they will begin with. So instead of having this four kilogram and do that for four weeks and eight kilogram and do that for the next month, this sort of GP, so you can engage the general practitioner that's helping the uh, worker return to work. Is there a better way that we can do it? So that's where we can then get these prioritized. So the portal, you notice it says portal at the top. Every assessment done on an iPad or iPhone gets dumped onto a portal and central database. So that means every, every person within the organization who is, has a login can see it. So the same login is generally used for your iPad, iPhone and portal. We can give you multiple logins for multiple people. So someone at head office, someone in another country, someone on the other side of the country, they can all access the dashboard and portal and look at the assessments. So the portal is primarily for reporting, for auditing and doing all those things. So there's sort of the five things that we'll, we'll go through today. Are there any questions about what I've just talked about there? Or well, you want me to wait till the end, Sarah? No, we're right. We, no, I'm answering the questions as we go. Okay. <coughs> okay. All right. Um, so now I will share another screen. So I'll stop that share. Um, if I click on that. I find where the share screen is. Hang on, just move things. Okay, share screen. Collector. Uh, Can you see the iPad now? Um, I can't. Um, yeah, nearly there. Something's happening. We can see an iPad. Do you see that okay? Yeah. Okay, so I'll just bring up that screen, get rid of that, get rid of that. Can you see that picture okay? Yeah. Okay, so that's just um, 
that's the if I go back here, this is me making sure. So I in the left hand side here, these are the work tasks. So you'll create a task. So I'm in that area of an organization. So I am now creating a new test. So I will click on that. That'll bring that next screen up. There's five sensors and this just tells you the uh, power of each sensor and their connectivity percentage down below. Each of the sensors, so if I hold them up, has a blue light. So, so that's left for left arm, uh, right for right arm, LB for low back, uh, UB for the upper back. Uh, that's my spare phone that I always have in the kit. So basically the kit looks something like uh, this. So it's just like that. So it comes in one of the hard Pelican cases. This is a charger. So it comes with a charger. We always uh, give you six sensors because someone will step on one, drop one, uh, because you need five working sensors. And once we've got all those, we're basically pretty good to go. So I'll just pop this iPad down now and, and set, me, set myself up, up to do an assessment. Uh, okay. Oh, this is a bit awkward. I seem to have put one aside and I don't know where I've done, done with it. Oh, it's over here, head. So the head one is over here. So I'll just put that on. So basically that looks like that. That comes on a head. If you're in a hard hat industry, um, so that'll that'll just, these uh, clips will clip on really nicely to the hard hat. This is just a headband that I'll wear around. So the sensors, the dots are always sit vertically. So they're always upright. And you get all this in your trainings, but just helps you understand. Uh, you must see a light and the light is always at the top with respect to the head, upper back and low back. Then what will happen with the arms? Um, um, David? Yeah? The screen oh, sorry. has just gone yeah, black. Oh, it's because nothing's happening, sorry. Okay. Good to, we're back now. You back, Sarah? Sorry, I'm on mute. Uh, yes, it's all good. Okay. Yeah, it's just because there was nothing happening. Sorry. Uh, the beauty of the sensors that we use, um, they're from, we use two, one from Europe, one from the USA. The Europe, they both last all day. So you'll get a whole day of assessments. and. So most days I'll be able to do um, high numbers of assessments. So that's pretty good. Uh, and it's normally you've obviously got someone else helping you. So it's a bit tricky doing it by myself. Someone will just help make sure that they're on properly. Um, David, just we can get to the questions at the end, but while you're doing what you're doing, yeah, sure. Um, sure. somebody's asked, do we have or can we get access to the platform? Uh, no, no, you need to be a customer to get access to the platform. The platform meaning the database, the portal? Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah, no, no. That yeah. comes once once, once you 
um, become a customer, then you, you get portal access. They go together. They're not two separate things. And you only need portal access to look at your assessments that you have done on your iPad or iPhone. So um, um, that's, that's that question, sorry. So yeah, no, it's not a separate thing. If you manage to put the sensors on in the wrong orientation, you'll see at the bottom screen there, it says normalize. It's just popped off, I'll hit the iPad again. Um, so what will happen there is that'll tell you if a sensor is orientated incorrectly, which one and how. So you then just respond to what that's telling you to make sure you have it the right way. You need to normalize at the start of each assessment. That's just to make sure that everything's orientated correctly. Okay, Sonia's just asked where, which country is the data in the database stored? Uh, it's, it's all in Google. So it's, it's SCO2 compliant. I think it's SCO2 compliant. So what's the USA government use? So um, yeah, so we're all Google. So I'll now um, stand there and I'll just normal. You don't actually have to be in the screen, but I'll just press normalize meaning I don't need to, and then I'll press start. So once I've got start, it means everything's orientated correctly. So you'll see my left arm go up. So I'm now, we'll go back into screen. I'll, I'll just pop here. So if I if I um, kneel, I'm lifting my right arm. You'll see the, in the, the right arm go up. If I lift my left arm, you'll see the left arm go up. And if I lift both arms, you'll see both get up, go up. And if I hold them, they'll just stay mid-range for a while. So red and green line representing each, each arm. If I then go into back flexion and stay there for a while and I'll move this around and I'll pop that down there and have a little move around and pick up that and then turn this on the side and push out a little bit. So I'm now in trunk flexion, neck flexion, take that overhead, pop it out, do all these twisting things, push, 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 stay there for a while, good. My hands are now on the object. I'm pushing, I'm moving, and I'm lifting. And then bend over, touch the ground for a while. Good. Pick that up. Take my hands off this object. So you can easily see uh, my back's in flexion, or you'll get a shaded area, which, based on the Australian Code of Practice, has this manual handling. If a movement is sustained, so that's held for more than 30 seconds or repeated. So that's if it's repeated more than twice in 30 seconds. So if I do lots of these things, trunk flexion, good. Bend down, push out, push out overhead. Good, good, good. So say if I film that and then now they leave that site and go to another area or have a, a minute break, the task has ended. So that job assessment would be ended. So I will now finish this. I'll just press stop and save. Uh, while it's, okay, so when you get normalized pops up, I can now hit back. And what's popped up now, so that's 11.44 a.m. today. I haven't named this task anything, but if I now open that up, this is what I'll now get. So this is a, a task assessment. And you can see we get a timeline. So if I go to this bottom area here, you may ask why 
is uh, see my arms are going up and down there. So that's corresponding accurately. And you'll see in the back area, see how we have this yellow shading and then we have this yellow and orange shading. So that means I've done two things at the same time. So I've repeated it, I've repeated, sorry, and sustained a low back movement. So that's why we've got double shading in that central section. So that must have been probably where I was squatting and pushing out. Yes, yeah, so I'm bent over. Yeah, I'm pushing out. So you've got this nice timeline as well as you scroll along so you can quite accurately see what's going on. Oh, okay, so that explains why that. Then these arms go up, bang. So the chair is up there. So that's why we've got this spike in the graph there. But we're still in an element of trunk flexion. So that's why I've maintained that position. That's why we're getting that shading. And I've done it a few times. Once you've done an assessment, this is, this is what makes this pretty impressive. You push on this, and this will ask you to add extra information. Everybody see that okay? You see that, Sarah? So when I add the extra information, so I've filmed that. If I go back, sorry, I'll go back and we show that. So we filmed that task for the timeline stops at basically two minutes. Okay, so if I go back to here, add extra information. So this says what, what's the full task? To, if you've only captured a portion, can you specify the full task length? Well, yeah, I can. So while I only filmed it for two minutes, that's historically around an eight minute job. And how many times in a shift or a day or a rotation would they repeat that? Well, say if I do that job 32 times a day, I'll put 32 times perceived load. Well, it's, it's for me, it, it feels pretty light, but this is a really important component because 20 kilograms for someone in a, at work can be light, for someone it can be heavy. So this is where we then become more sensitive for that person. So I'll say for me, that was pretty light. And the exposure, well, I had my hands on that object, that, that was the chair that I was moving, anywhere between 25 to 50%. So say 50% of the job was done that. Then in detailed data, I click on that. Now this is where we have the next level of information. So this is around repetitive or sustained. Was I squatting, kneeling or crawling? Uh, yes, I was. And I did that for say around 10 or 25% of the job. Extreme risk movement, no. Higher heavy loads, not applicable because it was a light load. Load handled seated, no. Load hotted standing, uh, yes. And the perception of that was light. Exposure time around 25%. Uh, so this is very heavy load without mechanical assistance. There was That didn't happen. Uh, I wasn't wearing gloves, so that will be a factor when we're using gloves. So we need to add that in. Required to hold clear of body. Yes, I was pushing that chair away. So that'll add that. And then load is unstable or unpredictable. No, so that's an object that is um, something like a microwave where all the weight is at one end. Or if you've got fluid in a, in a vessel that you're moving, because obviously the fluid moves, then the weight will shift. So that's where that is, is evident. Uh, a big awkward object. So that, that could probably not fit between my knees. I guess I could, but yeah, that was a quite wide object. There was no vision obscured. So all these other factors then, as you go scroll through those, and then you'll see up the top here where it says save. Now, if I can just see our, our number is currently 28.5. That's the risk score. If I then save that, it bumps it up to 269.5. So that's then giving me a more accurate risk score. Then what I'll do is on the right-hand side, so that's the circle is about adding extra information. We can do compares side by side. And sometimes in some organizations, um, 
we can't use sensors. Say if you're in a uh, furnace, for example, we have done that, but if you're in a suit, but if you're in a hot or really, really chiller freezing, um, the sensors still work, but the person doing the assessment may not be able to go in there and follow them. If that occurs, the person still wears the sensors, the data is all downloaded if you get a video interruption. So say if someone walks out of the screen or a, a truck goes past, or there's some uh, gap in the assessment, all the data is dumped onto the sensors and they will be downloaded post-assessment. So in this right-hand side, this is where you get the reporting. So I can do what's called a summary, a detailed, type in the, look at the task demands, or I can do combined reports. So if I combine reports, I just get all three. So I, four, sorry, so assessment, I look at the contributing factors, assessment data and task demands. If I then click done, this will now pop up. So what does this, so if I blow that up a little bit, so if I just, so here's, here's the high risk of 269. So that's a risk score, that's not a number. And that's based on the code of practice around this guideline here on this table. So we know 269 sits in the high risk category because not because that was a high demand task, but it was repeated lots and lots. Remember I did that 32 times a day. So out of that risk score for 269, 171.2 of that comes from the low back. So that's quite high. So how do I then potentially change that? How can I modify that? How can I reduce that? And it may be repeat it less per day. That may be the first thing you'll do. Or you might job share, for example. So it's getting you to think what strategies can we put in place to lower the exposure for that person doing that job over a day. So it's getting you to evaluate. The nice thing when we've got all these four reports, this will then give you the contributing risk factors. Now I'll try and blow that up again. What does that mean? Well, we know that out of a total, so if I'm bending forwards, this is respect with respect to low back movement, 90 of that risk score was because my back was at between 20 and 45 degrees. So they are things that we would normally historically guess. We would estimate. We would think, oh, I think they bent that much for that period of time. This is now objectively measured all by the sensors. So you're not having uh, human error, human bias, human guesstimation to try and create an accurate, reliable risk score. Trunk flexion was 45 to 90 degrees and that degree was 50, to 50 uh, minutes. And side bend, I did that on a few times and that contributed six. So then it just gives you all the other contributing. So. 30 and 50, if I just caught 30 was with respect to high reaching. So that was probably um, arm overhead. 50 was also forward reaching. So that's where I'm in trunk flexion and then take my hands away from me. So it's breaking down all the movements that contribute to the risk score. So that's that gives you the contributing risk factors. This then just gives you an, a risk analysis details, which just tells you I captured it, the time I did it, I captured two minutes but the task goes for eight minutes and I repeat that 32 minutes in a shift. So that just breaks down that, uh, what was the detailed information that you entered? The description of the task and environment and do they wear PPE? They can also all be added in. Um, they can all, and sometimes the location. Because for, for us, when you're a large organization, not us, but if you're in a large organization, you work across several sites. One of the biggest challenges for us is why at peak downs is this job a problem? And at, at uh, Castle Main, it's not. So it's always, because what we can then can do is get three people doing the same job. We can then see what factors, how each person's, if the scores are all the same, 
then it's not a human variable. But if the scores are different, then you're trying to break down using the data, why is it different for this person A and this person B? So it's just trying to really break down and help your decision-making around risk management and risk assessments. Um, can I interrupt with a question now? Sure. Um, Susan asks, I'm not sure I understand this one, but is the, is the only force measurement via perceived effort? Yes, it's not a, it's, these are sensors that are movement oriented sensors. They're not uh, load sensors. So the load as in a normal risk assessment will be determined by the person. So it's based on the Borg uh, rate of perceived exertion. So that's why we're asking the individual post assessment. How do you find that job light, medium or heavy? And also does the nature of the environment contribute to risk score? Uh, it does, it does. So that's why then in this, which I didn't add in, but in this uh, task demands, if I blow that back up again, uh, yeah, that's environment. So hot, humid, cold, all those things will contribute because sometimes the person won't move as well or will move differently in certain environments. So that needs to be recorded if you're in an unusual environment. So also if they're in a chiller or freezer, they're wearing lots of jackets. Um, so those sorts of things and the gloves. And so those things usually you mean it move, it move a bit differently as well. So those things are important to add. And that is one of the factors that we add in. So if I go back to the assessment, if I go back into here, top right, sorry, um, add extra information. This, which I didn't mention, I my error. So we've done this task duration information. We do the detailed data, but here you have description and that'll be a physical environment description. So that's where you would put that in. Is there PPE? gloves, uh, all those things, and what, did you put any risk controls that we implemented? So that's in the description. Um, David, just another question, which is good. Yep. I'm, I'm doing these questions during your presentation because they seem to be in context. Yeah, no, that's okay, that's okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Jenny said, is there a minimum number of workers that you would assess doing a task? Uh, no, because sometimes what, no, there isn't a minimum number of workers because if, you're, if you've done an assessment and you're okay with that and the person describes that they're okay with that as well, then you'd probably not need to reassess that task. However, if, as I gave the description where you, it's different between sites, then you've got to then probably go into more detail and then you would probably get three people just to make sure that three or five uh, people doing the same job for the same duration how does that risk score, how do those risk scores compare? But instantly what it's doing is it's, it's getting you to evaluate. It's getting you to think. It's getting you to understand uh, the demands that may lie within a job and how to objectively assess that information and then use that information with the data decision, using the data to make your decisions. So whether that be this person really struggles with his job, assess that. This person is fine with that job, assess that. So same job, two different people, do you get two different scores? Because that's the other thing we're trying to, humans can uh, interpret information differently. So what we're trying to do is remove that human element away so that we're getting nice objective information. Because we are dealing with people, not machines. So you may get a different response, but the score may be the same. Well, then, then, then that's a different discussion you're gonna have. 
Okay, um, so one more question. Susan says, sorry, but does the environment alter a risk score? That is, would the same task in a hot environment be higher than a comfortable temperature environment? Yeah, so the, that's where, yeah, what was the last half? Hot environment. Would it be higher um, than in a comfortable temperature environment? Yeah, well, body temp's 37, so anything above that gets pretty unpleasant. So um, it, it will, it will, it may affect how the person performs the task. So that will then help you understand that we need to probably expose people less on hot days. So sometimes it's great to actually do a job on a hot day and do it on a normal environment condition, which is hard in North Queensland. But what you're then trying to do is understand, uh, yes, has the environment had an impact on the score? That's what you're trying to work out. And it can, but, but you're trying to do those two case scenarios. It's flicking in and out, is that okay? Um, yep. Our, our preference as a company is to try and get organizations to use it, not, and so we educate and teach you how to do that. So we're doing more and more of that um, recently versus uh, using our professional services where the, the ergonomists and physios and OTs will go on site and do it. Um, so Australia Post have done over uh, 80,000 assessments now using this, this technology and it's reduced their work cover claims and injury rates and MSD claims by 26% uh, over a 12 month window. So the data is pretty powerful in helping people uh, get better controls around risks within organizations. And that's the CFO loves all that language, but, but realistically what we're trying to do is look after our people. It's hard to get people these days. Um, so the people you have within your organization are having processes in place to help look after them, helps keep them at work and help keep them returning to work in a health and fit state. Health and fit state. Okay, well, just um, if anyone wants to put any more questions in there, I'm just gonna put a link to your website in the chat as well, um, Dave. Okay, thanks. If people want that, um, do you want me to email you, Sarah, that? that sort of summary of the information. Um, if I, is everyone happy with everything on the iPad? Um, yes. Do you want to show the other screen now? Um, uh, well, I was just going to potentially go into the portal and just show what, what the portal looks like. Um, yeah, that would be good. Um, okay. Craig is um, needs to go, um, but he is looking very fo forward to seeing the recording because he's very interested. Thank you, Craig. Thanks, Craig. So is there any more to go through, David? Uh, I was just going to log into the portal. Um, so I'll stop sharing that screen. Yep. Uh, and go back to share screen and just go here. Uh, just to basically, that's your summary on the back of that information, which is just in talking about who we are, 
principles of injury prevention and we're measuring risk, not movement. So while we, uh, it's movement that can contribute to risk, that's, what, that's the whole key. So we don't tell you how many times you move, but we're basing it on a risk score and it's only on a risk score. And it's based on Australian man, man, manual handling hazards 2016 and 18. Um, Sonia asks, is there a monthly subscription or a specific cost associated with the program? Uh, so it's normally, a, it's a monthly subscription. So that, that's our model. Um, so there's a startup fee, a training fee, and then, then there's monthly subscription. They're just one-off costs, your startup fee and training fee. The, start, the training fee is three days. So it'll be me coming on site to show you how to capture, how to use it. Um, Gary then talks about how to do the reporting and the database. And then Michael, our ergonomist, will then uh, go through how to do the uh, more detailed around um, integrative reports. So you're trying to actually get really fine-grained information around your reporting so that that'll help um, your organisation. So you tend to get a physio, uh, an IT CEO, and then our um, ergonomist, so sort of those three windows. So we're chatting to a company in Melbourne who has a big presence in Australia, but also through Asia and the USA. And so that was one of their things. Well, how do we, so that's where the database, the portal is really helpful. So they can see what's being done wherever across all different regions, but it's just helped getting better controls around and, and understanding. That's really what you're trying to do. Get an understanding where your risks lie and then trying to then do something about it. Uh, if I escape that screen and go down. Um, so this is just a home page for the, can everyone see that? Yes. So this is the home page and, and each company, so it'll tell you how many tasks have been assessed, uh, how many assessments have been done and how many sites, for example. So that's just a, a brief outline. Um, what you're trying to do is obviously reduce your, just move us so we can see. So the assessments captured, some organizations don't do a lot of, um, but then all your assessments will be dumped down here into this area here. Now, so we'll often use male 30 to 39 rather than use names. So we can anonymize everyone. And then also what will happen is from, the, from, the, from here in the dashboard, we can uh, blur people's faces. So if people wish, we can't do it on the, app, on the app, but we can do it on the database. So it means then when you're using that as an educational tool or a training tool or reduction or return to work uh, library, we can, we can blur people's faces from, um, the dashboard. So that's another nice feature of the dashboard. Uh, and essentially, uh, we're doing a bit of work. Well, we're doing a lot of work on its software. So it's always getting improved and upgraded. Uh, and this reporting system will, will, yeah, it'll be better and better. So that's, this is where we're at at the moment, uh, but it's going to get nicer and look prettier. Uh, but the assessments and there, the, and that they will then be basically timeline the assessments. So these were the most recent ones I did at this organization. Um, if you were to, so if we did that one today. So we go into there and then there'll be, there should be two that pop up. 
know if they've downloaded. So it does take sometimes a bit of time to download. So because this is the section where if I do tasks. Yeah, so here, see the last assessment was 1st of September. So that's the one I just did earlier. So that's now in the database. And then, then this will be, so the two are here. And if I click on that, and that'll be the one that we did here just then. So that's, um, so that tells you your key contributing factors. So the database doesn't give you the nice pictures, but it will give you the information. So the database is really uh, where everything is stored, but it's not as nice to use. So all that information around the, the detailed and extra information and the environment, they all get added into the iPad and the iPhone. So you do that when you're doing the assessment. So you don't want to lose that information, chat to the worker, get the information from them, add that in, bang, assessment's completed. That then will all get dumped into this central database. So this is the one we just did here. So the graph isn't clearly as nice and there's no timeline. And then what you can then do, um, it'll eventually they'll get a screen that appears here to download the image, which would just be a play. So you don't get that timeline that you get via the iPad. But basically that's how that, that works. If you can pre-populate the information and that is done via the dashboard, meaning it's really hard if you go to an organization and they've got, oh, okay, we want to do these 25 tasks today. And if you've got to manually enter them, so you could create all these tasks that you want someone to assess on the dashboard, they will then get dumped so it can work reverse. They will then get dumped into the iPad. So the person then doesn't have to enter all the information because they're saying, okay, you go to these assessments, these are the people we'd like you to assess doing this job and you can pre-populate all that information via the dashboard. Because same login for dashboard for iPad. So that those then creating an assessment, it's not needed because you've already done that. So you can get a, having all that information makes it quicker and more efficient on site because on, we're not trying to interrupt the workflow. That's really important, but we're also trying to say, well, this is important what we're doing. So it's it's a bit of a trade-off, but the, if you're standing there doing this and that takes, you know, sometimes five minutes. Well, if someone's pre-populated everything, it's a lot quicker. You basically just hit that assessment, normalize, record. Um, so you don't have to enter anything. So that makes it quite nice. So the organizations that we go to that are organized, you can tell because they uh, it's it, they pre-populate everything via the dashboard. Um, Sonia asks, can you go from the dashboard to the information gained on the iPad? The yeah, yeah. etc. Uh, I'm not too sure what that. So it, we record on the iPad. Everything gets put onto the dashboard. What is done on the dash? Sorry, what is done on the iPad is seen on the dashboard. Um, I think she's referring to the video that you took. Ah, yeah, it's just not been downloaded yet. So the data's gone in, but the video isn't. Yes, you can. So if I go back one here and just click on. So remember, there's two tasks. So the video is. If I click on. So just sometimes it just takes a while for the video to download. Let's have a little think whether it's downloaded yet uh, but normally yes you can it's not there yet so if i go back to this task where we've done so so we're in this section here chiller so you can see the videos uh, icon is present so i click on this this is what should happen see how we now have a video on the right hand side so if i click on that that will play 
Ready, set, go. Oh, maybe click on that. But the video is there. So when you get that symbol on the screen, the video, the video is there. Oh, I think it's just it's got too many things going on, so it's not happy. Uh, so I've got to download the video. So if I down, so to see how that we we didn't have that download video. So you can then download the video from each assessment because that's already been done, but uh, it wasn't done in the other one because the download video wasn't there yet. I think I've got too many things chatting to too many things, so it's not working yet. But yes, you do get video on the dashboard, but you don't get the timeline that you get on the iPad. Well, I have, it's not really a question, it's more like a statement, but if anyone was interested, um, if you did have a MIOS system, I'm pretty sure this data could also be um, imported all the time as well in an ongoing environment, yeah. API or something like that. Yeah, so we integrate that. There's a company in Queensland, um, well, they're global now, JobFit and Staunch Technology. So they use our, our system. And um, so Zach and Jenny use that. And um, so that's been integrated into their software. So it can be integrated if you already have existing software as well. All right, well, if anyone has any other questions, what um, was really interesting, David. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, everyone. Ah, oh, so the video is now downloaded. So that's just so when you get a picture, the video is there. So yeah, that's obviously you haven't had a time. So I probably don't need to show people that. Um, so it's just having a thing to download a video. Well, thank you for the opportunity, but um, and please reach out and uh, contact us if if we can help you with anything. Uh, so remember, capture, assess, analyze, manage, intervene that will help you get better risk controls around MSDs, which are challenging in organization. We, we know that. That's why we did a research project through the coal industry, because we said, it's got to be a better way. So, you know, we did this in 2015 and 16. So it's taken a while to get up and running and COVID has been difficult, but um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're pretty happy with where we're at and we're moving forward with, with lots of new and exciting things happening in 2023, which will be the biopsychosocial components and uh other factors and other features sorry that will that will kick in okay that's great um yes yeah, sonia says really great to see the system in action and I, I i agree we have lots of webinars about lots of theory and this and that and powerpoints but to see something actually happening um is really really good yeah and, and enough enough like me can do it um so yeah it's not that complicated so yes okay all right, well, um, your uh, contact details will be on the email later today. Remember to check your spam, sometimes find their way in there. And um, uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, we can do something again down the track, uh, David. It was really good. So thank you. Thanks, everyone. Sarah. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Take care. Thanks. Oh, ha happy, happy spring too, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a joy. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Bye.